Hey guys, so this is the second part of a longer episode that we recorded with Danielle Noonan. Um, you probably just finished listening to episode one. If you haven't, go back and check it out. It's the previous episode in the feed. Uh, that episode was great. She came over and um, we shared some drinks and talked about uh, life as a praise and worship leader. You know, Danielle has this really great history as you know, growing up Catholic, but leading worship uh, for Mass as like you know, like a five-year-old or something. I don't know. It was a five-year-old, but she was really young, and she um, you know has this really great story about uh, leading worship and being a singer-songwriter. So go check it out. And um, this is the continuation of that episode. So going back to you know talking about growing up, growing up with a lot of Protestant friends, growing mm-hmm. up with, in my case, also people that inspired you but that weren't catholic and so you felt a little weird about it yeah but at the same time like for me i mean i went to their church all the time and i and i got so i got to experience kind of the praise and worship side of things and i did get some of that in my catholic church but it was it was not as robust i mean really for me it was going to like Steubenville conference conferences right. where you get the more robust exposure to that kind of stuff yeah and so this is kind of going to be kind of a, a long-winded question, but I'll get there. So essentially for me, it played a, a big role. Praise and worship music played a big role in the deepening of my faith. Mm-hmm. Of, of having it go from something that is more intellectual to something that I truly felt. And that, you know, at times you feel it so much that it's uncomfortable. Yeah. At the same time, especially at Sumo conferences... I would see, you know, because at certain conferences, you sometimes people see see people getting slain in the spirit or kind mm-hmm. of like having really deep, intense yeah. emotional, emotional experiences, experiences, which was something that I never had. So it was like I felt it to a point. And so in some ways, I always was in this in-between land of like, I'm not as intense as some other people. Yeah. And yet I'm also not like the kind of people who say, like, I don't do praise or worship at all. Right. Yeah. So. Just in your experience of how the church uses praise and worship, the Catholic Church specifically, mm-hmm. I mean, where do you see it? Where do you see it being used, and where do you see it lacking? Because I feel like it is a form of expression in the church that is important, mm-hmm. and that can really lead to a deepening of faith. But a lot of people just don't have access to it, or a lot of people don't. Um, in some ways, maybe it just makes them completely uncomfortable. Yeah. So what have you seen as far as in your ministry work it, where that lands? I It definitely makes people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And for me, that's a good thing. Right. Um, it's, uh, but you don't, um, I, f- I feel like it's a very, um, important job as a worship leader to pray about whoever you're leading pray about the whether it be like two people or a thousand people or Mm -hmm. whatever um because ultimately it has nothing to do about you it has everything to do with what the holy spirit intends to do in those moments um and uh I think that, yeah, it it makes people feel uncomfortable, but there's also a hunger in a way to experience God in a new way. Yeah. Um, Which I've also um, experienced a lot of times, people being thankful for getting the chance to maybe step outside their, their prayer box a little bit. Right. You know, whether it be, you know, just opening up their hands. Right you know, just for a moment or, or closing their eyes yeah, or giving them the chance to have it be okay to just not do anything and just sit there and meditate on what's going on. Because yeah. ultimately it's about all, everyone listening to what the Holy Spirit has to say for them, heal them in ways that they n- need to be healed or Mm-hmm. hearing things that they need to hear in in maybe a new way or in a stronger way. Um, and sometimes that can be uncomfortable. Sometimes yeah. they're convicted in ways that they don't want to be <laughs> convicted. I know that's definitely happened yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but I think now more than ever that it's 
that God is sort of building up an army of worship leaders. Yeah. And I think that the idea of what that looks like through social media and through whatever is not what God intends for that to be. What I really believe is that people are longing for small communities for people to come together in their houses and to pray together and to worship together. Yeah. Because when, when they do that, they can go to mass and sort of have this, uh, um, foundation of purpose behind Mm -hmm. why they're there and why the Eucharist is important. Um, and I've started to see that happen more and more, which is exciting. I, yeah. I think that there is also a responsibility of the churches to pinpoint, okay, who is gifted in my parish? Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is something that doesn't always happen. And, I'm, and it, this is across the board for all churches, but uh, I think it's really important to pinpoint uh, who is gifted and that for parents too, Yeah, you know, all of our children will have, you know, giftings of some sort and not necessarily for society, but specifically for the kingdom. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times that comes, you know, through stubbornness and through disobedience and through ways that aren't necessarily the holiest of ways, but through refinement and through, uh, that's true. And through prayer, it can, they're the, going to be the game changers. You know, yeah. I'm old. I'm going to be gone. <laughs> they, they have a, they have a job to do. So I think, uh, that's really what we should focus on. Yeah. You know, and you know, I, I feel like part of the challenge is that people see kind of a, two opposing sides of the issue, kind of like mm-hmm. what you were saying earlier. It, it's either this very traditional thing or it's praise and worship, which is right. seen to be on the other side of the spectrum. But I, I do wonder, because I feel like the church has can benefit from both. Yeah. And profoundly. And yet, I just don't think you see that very often. Yeah. You know, if you have a, a church that has very traditional liturgy, you won't have <laughs> praise and right. worship. And yet, I don't think they're mutually exclusive and I don't think they're opposed. And in fact... Like I said, I feel like it. Op- praise and worship opens avenues mm-hmm. that you just don't experience otherwise. Yeah. Um, and, but it is something you have to open yourself up to and let in. Yeah. And that's not always easy to do, um, especially because you you don't necessarily know where it will lead. You know, it is it is uncomfortable and it is challenging and it is, in many ways, destabilizing, because you're allowing yourself to be moved very deeply by this music in a way that, like I said, you just don't know what's going to come out of it. Yeah. And yet I feel like that's very healthy. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, we're all control freaks, whether we like yeah. to admit it or not. No, I think that's exactly it. I think part of the the feeling in, in engaging in praise and worship, especially if you come from like a Catholic background where the liturgy, you know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And in the music, it's very, typically it's very measured. Mm-hmm. And in praise and worship, um, it's kind of like you're not in control anymore. And the weather just changed, and I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah. And I don't have a park Things yet. are, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I came across this distinction between um, Apollonian and Dionysian music. I don't know if you guys have like ever heard of this. but mm-hmm. So I'm going to explain a little bit about it because it seems like it's relevant, and I may be totally butchering <laughs> it. But um, the, the basic idea is that Apollo was the god of light and reason and harmony and like balance. And it was, you know, it's sort of like embodies like ration uh, rationality mm-hmm. and uh Dionysus was the god of like wine and revelry and ecstatic emotion and basically the Dionysian uh, paradigm is one where you have this sort of inability or unwillingness to make distinctions and it's directly opposed to the Apollonian and um, and all this comes from the the mythos around how uh, Dionysus was like the son of Zeus and there were all these like sort of like you know not to get too graphic but they were just like really um, like uh, emotionally and even like sexually driven. Yeah. Like, you know, it was just like all about the passions and it was right. this thing that was just totally unhinged. Mm-hmm. And um, it was about uh, like feeling as like the prime directive. Right. And uh, Apollo, at, in, in distinction to that, like I said before, was, you know, the kind of um, 
the inverse of that. And they're talking about, I read a couple articles about this, where there are types of music that are Apollonian in nature, mm. meaning they're about a kind of measure and rationality. And I think of um, like maybe like chant as something that like I know what I'm saying and I'm like following this rule and it's beautiful, but it's very yeah. ordered. And Dionysian music is like, I'm listening to like Oceans for like the 12th time <laughs> in a row. And like, you know, there's just, there's right. just a kind of, it operates not on the dialectic level and yes. the the Apollonian one is something that I I think of like it's almost like I'm I'm reading the sentence and I understand what it's saying mm-hmm. and it's like the word first and the, the the Dionysian is one where it's like it's about the melody and then I happen to realize that I've been saying these words that I don't know what they are yeah, yeah. and it's like the the tone is what sort of carries your heart and your mind um, and and there's this this <laughs> Yesterday, I realized I was listening to this YouTube video where there was a, it was a choir singing at an extraordinary form high mass and Father David had posted this thing and it was like the first time I heard something and I, this like, it, it was like the ecstatic, like music that's just sort of like the beauty of the thing is just carrying you away, but it was like an extra, like the rigor of the extraordinary form that I'm seeing but the auditory sense is like wow. this, like crazy, like, I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, this, like the bishops, like holding up and consecrating the, you know, the, the mm-hmm. body and blood of Jesus. And, um, it was, I've always drawn the distinction between the Dionysian and whoever actually knows this is listening, like come on the podcast next and help me <laughs> like make sense of this. Uh, the Dionysian is like, it's a real intense praise and worship, right? It's like the slaying the spirit, whatever. And the Apollonian is like, it's basically like St. Thomas Aquinas writing Tantum mm-hmm. Ergo. Right, right. And you just like, you know, he's like praying in syllogisms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for me, this was a very helpful, like the mental model is great. Yeah. And it has like the you know, sort of mythos in the background between Apollo and Dionysus. And mm-hmm. um, I see a lot of the music falling into these categories. Not that it's got to be like you know, right. one or the other, but they're just, it's a really helpful apparatus for thinking through these things. Um. So I just wanted to like push that onto the table as we're talking. Yeah, yeah. because like I, I, in some ways, there are times where a Tantum Argo and then a Praise and Worship song will elicit similar yeah. responses from me. Totally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. In adoration, like a beautifully sung Tantum Argo. Oh. Like, I mean, it gives me goosebumps. Is yeah. like, I'm actually yeah. thinking about it right now. It's, yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, goosebumps, buddies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's what it does. Yeah. yeah. No, we did. We went to this marriage conference a couple weekends ago at, at uh, St. Teresa's. And... They, you know, they had benediction and, um, it was that thing where I like, yeah. every time I see that and I like read the words, I'm like, man, like he's such a baller. Like he, he yeah. like wrote this thing right. and yeah, and the, and the music and yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's everything. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it's just the thing about music, but it's, it's just amazing. that sometimes you'll listen to a song and it'll like pierce right through your heart mm-hmm. you know? like right in the, in like in the first line, you know? Yeah. And it just like takes you to this place where you just you were not there a second ago. Yeah. Right. You know? And it's, to me, if you, if you're not able to experience that, you're missing something. You're missing out on something yeah. that you could be enriched by, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just feel like that, that's something that, if, if it's, if it's not always in the liturgy, there should be access to this, you know, like there mm-hmm. should be opportunities for you to experience this. Yeah. And, and just drink from this font, you know, yeah. this yeah. beautiful font of, of music. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the hope is that it always leads you to the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and, I, and I, I believe that, that, I believe we're becoming more unified than we have in the past. Mm. I, I think that, like the Catholic Church, or like all of humanity, all or? of all, I think just Christians mm. as a whole. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I see that's that true. also. Yeah, I feel that there's sort of a shift, and there's like a new sort of just breath of mm. creativity and connection. Yeah, uh, a new Renaissance. <laughs> yes, a new <laughs> Renaissance. That's right. Uh, and so when, yeah, when things like that happen, you're like, okay, Lord, I mean, yeah, take like, it, take it. Yep. Take it away. Cause 
I'm just along for the ride. Hope I make it with you. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> take me with you when you come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had another question for you about writing music specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, just where, where does the music come from? And just to give you a, a parallel, as an architect, our creativity is engaged when we're facing some sort of problem. So mm. the physical limitations of a project is what unleashes the creativity. Yeah. In fact, if you were to tell me, you can build a church anywhere in the world with whatever client you want, with unlimited funds, I would have a really hard time coming up with anything. Well, no, no. The first thing you would do is you would start setting up <laughs> artificial st- limitations. Correct. Right. That's, That's what like, you would do. In studio in grad school, when they give us these problems, most of figuring out the problem is in, is eliciting artificial restrictions. Correct. Mm. Like if you say this project is about sustainability, your client may not care about that. But if you say right. everything is about this, you're erecting all of these parameters for um, that you have to operate within. And it's like you can be as crazy as you want, but if there are no rules, if there's no order, like, sorry, I totally took a question away from you. But like, <laughs> no, no, yeah. this is like, no, no, this is so it. true. Yeah. yeah. So how, how do you approach music writing? You know, is there something similar or where does the music come from? Uh, I think it depends on whatever season, you know, I am like whatever, whatever I sort of, um, where did come come from? That came from, uh, when I was in adoration, I had this, uh, like Chris and I never get to go to adoration together, like ever. You know, we have three kids. And at the time, I mean, Henry, our youngest, was probably like, I don't know, four or five or something. And we were just uh, so tired. And I was sick. And at the time, I didn't realize how sick I was. Um, but we were able to go to adoration together. And I just like sat and I closed my eyes. And it was really, really dark. It was at the Charismatic Center. Mm-hmm. So we were like sitting up in the like nosebleeds and yeah, I just closed my eyes and Chris sort of like leaned forward and I was like leaning my head on the, on the pew and I see this vision of God and it's like, uh, it's like the sacred heart of Jesus and his arms are like wide open, like wide, wide open. And when I close my eyes, like I can still like, and I started to like laugh, mm. which was so weird because I was, I was so tired and I, I just remember being like, I just started laughing and I'm thinking like, why am I laughing? Like, like I'm seeing Jesus. Like I was just so happy. I was like so happy. And he just says, come like, he said, just lean, just, uh, just come to me. Just come to me. He just like kept saying that over and over and I just kept laughing (laughs) I was like, this is <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No, but seriously, and Chris is like looking at me and he's like, Dan, he's like, are you okay? And I said, I don't want to open my eyes. Like, I don't want to open my eyes because I won't see him. <laughs> like, cause I was just having this like mo, this like incredible <laughs> moment of like, oh my gosh, it's very much like, I don't need anything else from you. I don't need you to create music. I don't need you to write anything. I don't need you to work. I just need you to come here. And like, that's it. Hmm. Um, and yeah, that's where I came from. Hmm. So. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. You know, I feel like with that song and, and just in general, what, what makes a song like that really great is that it ends up becoming kind of like a, a medium for meditation, you know, mm. a way to meditate really profoundly on this very simple concept, you know. Yeah. And I feel like really good music does that. Mm. And Thanks. I really, I really like that song. I've been listening to it the last couple of days. Thank and, you. Um, and I think that's what it does. You know, it, it just helps you to block out everything else. And we're able yeah. to share with you in that moment mm. for just, you know, for just a few moments in that song. And that's amazing. You know. Thank you. That's um, awesome. And I think the, the other thing that that kind of music does is it helps you to verbalize something that you yourself are longing for, and maybe you just didn't know how to ask for it. Mm. And so then when, when a song resonates with you like that, 
it's because it's almost like the song is is helping you ask for that or, or say that mm-hmm. and that you just couldn't find the words for it yeah you know? and so that that's when when you find a song like that that you kind of connect with it's like you're connecting with it at such a deep level because it's almost mm-hmm. like good music gives a voice to the voiceless mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. it's like you don't know how to ask for it and yet this song is helping you get there you know yeah. and if it wasn't for this song you may you may have not been able to ask for it and so I, I really, you know, yeah. I really took a lot away from it. I think when I wrote a lot of that music, it was, um, I think I was, and and I think I noticed this a lot, just like the complications of life, how everything gets so incredibly complicated, you know, yeah. relationships get complicated life gets complicated or marriages get complicated, you know, friendships, all this stuff. And really God's pretty, I mean, God is big and huge and strong and all mm-hmm. powerful, but he's pretty simple. Yeah. You know, I mean, the most simple. That's right. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's just, uh. yeah, he, he just wants us. Yes. Um, and I think we live in a world of, uh, of productivity you know what can you provide us what can you produce yeah. how fast can what you am pro- i going to get out of it what am i going to get out of it how quickly can you produce it well, you can't produce mm-hmm. it mm, i don't know no we don't want you yeah and that's just not how god works and i think as a musician um that's important for me to remind people and to remind you know ourselves as artists is that he just wants us mm-hmm. and we when we remember that we can kind of start over and create things um for him yeah Yeah. and i feel like that's what beauty does right i mean you know we talked to us before beauty focuses the mind Mm -hmm. and it it allows things to just drop away and you're able to just see this little you know ray of light yep and you know it may be fleeting you don't get to see it for that long but it sustains you you know and it's the same in architecture you know, just like in a song, you know, we were able to share in that moment with you. Yeah. When you walk into a building and you're just struck by the beauty of it, it's like everything drops away mm-hmm. and you're just there in this moment. And then, of course, then you go back to normal yeah. life. But it's those little moments, whether it's it's music, whether it's architecture, that that I think allow us to see the divine yeah. and get beyond what you were just describing, mm-hmm. you know, the, just the hustle and bustle, the rat race of life, you know, mm-hmm. like that's... Those and, are the moments we need. And he uses other people to remind us of those moments. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the importance of community and relationship is, is that we don't always remember all of those lights, but yeah. it's the people that are around us, that surround us, yeah. that yeah. are the constant reminders. Like, oh, like, I, re- oh, I remember, yeah. you know. Um, and that's why, yeah, community is so important. Yeah, um, totally. So obviously the our church right now is is hurting pretty bad. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of a lot of, you know, just complicated and really difficult things that the church is going through. Um just curious to get your your thoughts on how music can be a way to heal these things and how maybe beauty and music will be kind of a guiding light. Because a lot of times I feel like right now we just have a lot of confusion. Yeah. We have a lot of, in some ways, division. You know, you have people saying, oh, this is the answer, that's the answer. But it's, you know, how can music and beauty help us heal some of these really deep wounds that we have? Uh, I think for that to happen, we have to sort of admit that we're in, a st- that we're in the process of grief. Yeah, that's true. Um, because you can't heal anything if you don't grieve and if you don't go through the process of grief. That's a very good point. Um, because you can pray for healing all you want, but if you don't allow yourself to sort of sit in it and, mm-hmm. you know, walk through the steps and not have someone tell you you got to skip it. Yeah. Um, then not much is going to happen, you know? Yeah. Not mm-hmm. much, not much can happen. Um, and so I think that's sort of, at least what I've noticed is, uh, there, um, are people asking us to skip steps <laughs> mm. 
And people, you know, walk their walk that journey of grief like in so many different ways. And I think the beautiful thing about music is that you know, God meets everyone where they are in their journey of grief and and trauma and I mean of everything, sadness, goodness, happiness, joyfulness, all of those things. Uh, but music does the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's important for churches to use that as a tool. You know, it's kind of, I, ta- I tell my kids when we, you know, we struggle with things or when we're learning something like we have a mental toolbox, like, mm. and we want to put whatever we can into your toolbox so you yeah. can, you know, process things well and learn things well and understand things well. And because become wise with your toolbox. And I think it's the same thing for our churches because we have Jesus, literally. Um, We have everything that we need. We have the fullness of truth. And within that lies our ability to take music and use it as a balm for healing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have to acknowledge that that is... uh, is good for our process and good for our church and good for the hearts of everyone. Um, and I think some churches are doing that. And I think sometimes we don't need the approval of anyone to do it. We can just do it. Right. Um, so I think it just takes people allowing people to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, we have soggy boots worship nights. Honestly, you know, because everyone's coming with their own junk. I got junk. Everyone's got junk. My neighbor's got junk. Um, And I'd rather have junk with everybody else and junk all by myself, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I was, uh, I'd gone through just a long illness uh, and just struggled like with my health for a long, long, long time. And I just, I was praying for healing. Mm -hmm. You know, I was confident. I was convicted. I was like, Lord, I know you will heal me. I know. (laughs) Like, I know it. I was getting all kinds of, I was like, I know you're going to do this. And then I. But do you know it? (laughs) Do you know you're going to do this? Because I do. (laughs) Now. Now, please. (laughs) And I remember my, my prayer changed from like. Heal me, Lord, to like prepare my heart for whatever answers you have yeah. for me. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. prepare my heart, prepare my heart to this like, and it was this just surrender because I'm like, I am not a control freak. I am spontaneous. I could like, I'm free, you know? No, like yeah. I could total control freak over like, God said he's going to do this. This is what he's going to do. I know it. I believe it. And it's like you get that tunnel vision of this is what's going to happen. And we don't have like the periphery of like God is preparing us for so many bigger things. Mm -hmm. And not only is he doing that, but he is using you for healing of other people, for confidence of other people, for conviction of other people who are like making their way back, just like making their way back, making their way back. And that you just forget. Mm -hmm. But then we have people, I mean, you have people surrounding you that are reminding you like, mm-hmm. okay, get over yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and those are hard prayers to give up mm-hmm. like really hard prayers. Oh yeah. Um, but it's all about obedience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and having the God perspective. Yeah. And that's always really difficult. Yeah. Because it's it's so much bigger than than your own. You you get so fixated on just what you see in front of you. Mm-hmm. You need to broaden that horizon, but it's it's hard. It is. I always like relate it to my kids because I think about like how my kids act, and I'm like, I know God's looking at me like, really? I was just again? talking about that again. You're gonna do that again. I was literally like in the men's group this morning. I was like, I I love my kids because they're so ungrateful all the stinking time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? Like, okay, some people don't have food today. Right. Like, ah, I don't I don't like this blanket. I'm like, some people don't have houses today. Right. Some people don't have this. And I'm like, and I'm just like trying to always bring them back into it. 
Yeah, and I know that God's in the same thing. He's like, okay, here goes Chris again. Like, don't you know? <laughs> so freaking ungrateful. So they're like my little reflection of. Yeah. They are to me as I am to God, basically. Yeah. Uh, in terms of ungratefulness. Yeah. Not that. <laughs> you are the God. <laughs> you um, will go to timeout now. That's, that's right. He's like, yes, sir. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. So um, the, the last question, if we'll end on one, is uh, let's end on a practical note for all of those people who are in some sort of music ministry or you are the pastor of a church and you just want your music to be great. And you know that you want to, you want to bring something beautiful to the people that are worshiping with you, um, and music is really the the most accessible thing you can change because it just takes people singing something different, right? Yep. Maybe you have to buy some music, maybe you have to change the sound system, but it's a lot cheaper doing that than it is to build a new building or to buy a new altar or artwork or whatever. As good so as all that is, you, you should do <laughs> all of these things. Feeling <coughs> real. Um, <laughs> And um, so what do you say to those people who want to do something like that? Um, uh, what are some practical things they can do to make their experience of, uh, of worshiping God something that's um, more beautiful and more efficacious for the people? As, as, as the church? As it relates to, to music. Yeah, as the church. Yeah. yeah. Take it as Be you Be very, very intentional and specific about who you choose to do music because Mm. there are people that are very musically inclined that um are gifted and then there are like gifted anointed worship leaders Mm. and i think that there's a big difference in that um and you want and i believe we have anointed worship leaders Mm. in our churches how do you discern that in a, in a worship leader? Because uh, I hear you and I think, yes. And I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> the, the epistemological like filter yeah. goes off in my brain. Because when, when anointing happens, healing happens. Mm. Like when anointing happens, you know, miracles happen. And, and it has nothing to do with us. It has, it has nothing to do with us. Absolutely not. It has everything to do with the Holy Spirit um, and we have to find the people within our churches that are anointed across the board whether that be for uh, any any ministry I mean you want anointed people that have an understanding of the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be able to like for me not to have a job ever again mm. because right because folks are healed right because like chains are broken right. and i know that sounds really really corny but that's just the truth yeah. of the matter you know um we don't i mean honestly that's what we're all called to do yeah so mm. more you know and obviously even more with someone that is gifted with these with these talents mhm and then having the church and, and even us as a community give them the space and the platform to do their work. I mean, that's so important. Yeah. I mean, I want, like, I go back to my kids. I want my, I want to notice the gifts of my children. I want to notice the gifts of the people around me. Um, and I think it just takes, you know, leadership and, and parents to understand, okay, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. An anointed worship leader. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? What does it even look like? Uh, and have uh, people around you that are good spiritual directors, good spiritual advisors that are good at discerning what that looks like, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and then giving them a space for either mentorship or for study. Yeah. Um, a, a good friend of mine in Louisiana does a phenomenal job at that. He is such an anointed and, and gifted worship leader, and he has, you know, taken, you know, a handful of uh, kids uh, from the high school and mentored them. Mm. And I'm talking like incredible, incredible musicians. Um, many of them who just have this anointing where they just sing, and you're just like, 
where did you come from? Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. where did you come from? Um, And so I think it just takes people not thinking about themselves and thinking Mm -hmm. about the legacy of the church Mm -hmm. and the mission of the church. Um, It sounds like it takes a genuine ask, like on on the part of the pastor. Like, mm -hmm. there are lots of things we have to do. And it, like, it may go without saying, but, like, if you work at a church, especially if you're a pastor of church, and you haven't asked God to show you who right. he has chosen to, to lead the music, not just, like, who knows how to play guitar, like, right. who yeah, can, who can fill player. the mass spots, but, like, <laughs> like, show me who this person is yeah. and, like, make it abundantly clear to me so that I don't have to struggle through this discernment unless it's what you yeah. want me to do. Um, so, yeah. like, I'm, I'm trying to just, like, get back to the practicality of it. And, like, the practical thing is just to, like, pray for like an abundantly clear yeah. sign and you know that person will be provided yeah i, I mean know? i feel like god i mean he's done it before yeah he's gonna do it again so i mean yeah that's what yeah. he wants yeah i think it's, it's a lot about having an openness to it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. being willing to be on the lookout Yes, and to listen and to just be open. And because they I have think to, yeah. If you've made up, if you made up your mind that you don't want that kind of stuff, or that you you're not gonna you're not gonna entertain even the idea that someone like that might come along, then you won't find them. Right, and it doesn't necess- and it doesn't have to do with contemporary worship leader. It, there's yeah. there's not a mm-hmm. distinction in that. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with contemporary worship or this or that. It's just the the anointing of their abilities to lead music where it, whether it be like Latin mass or whoever. Right. I mean, when I get goosebumps from Tantum Ergo, a lot of times it's because there's like this incredible That's anointed right. worship leader yeah. that has the ability to deliver an anointed song to the people. Yes. Um, and it could be in Spanish. Right. I mean, like I yeah. cannot tell you the amount of times where I've just like been like weeping 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 and i'm like i don't even know what the words are saying like yeah. i don't even know why yeah. am i crying right now yeah. um not to say it's all about an emotional response but a lot i mean but you know what i mean yeah I mean, that's, so it's I one mean, fruit it is one yeah and they also have to it's understand true. they have to value what what the job is you know they have to value yeah, that's a big deal and that's a big deal. And that's really where I see the distinction between Protestant churches and Catholic churches. Yes. Is they value my my thoughts and my gifts mm. and my ability to uh, to lead confidently. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you a full-time employee there? No. I'm on payroll, but I wouldn't consider myself full-time. Mm. I mean, I think what you're describing is very much in line with why we started this podcast. And that is, I really feel like we forgot the power of beauty mm-hmm. and how important it is for the salvation of souls. Yeah. Because if we really believed in it, man, we would we would be putting yeah. our money where our mouth is. Yeah. We would be spending money on music. Yeah. You know, but a lot of times we're just like trying to make, not to... You diminish the the good people that make it work or try to make it work. But a lot of times I really do think if we believed in the power of beauty, we would be putting the money there. We would oh, yeah. be supporting the artists in our community. Calendars you know? and budgets. It's like if, <laughs> if if it matters to you, it'll show up on your calendar and it'll show up in your budget. Yeah. If you don't make time for it and if you don't pay for it, whatever you say, I mean, I'm sorry, like it's just n- not a priority in your life. Right. Like you make... We we say we're busy, but like we we choose to be busy, right? Yeah. Busy is a choice, and right. we make time for what we want to make time for. Like you pay your mortgage because otherwise you're not gonna have a house, <laughs> right. and right. you know you you do the things that that really need to happen, and if they don't, <clears throat> excuse me, if they don't pop into those those two documents in whatever way you have calendar. Maybe it's just in your your mind. Yeah. Maybe you don't budget, but like you know, right? The the you know budgets and calendars are theological documents, and they're like cultural documents, and. Yeah. Thing, all that stuff matters. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I think you have to I think we're at a point where you have to make the decision 
is it worth it for me to create music for the church mm. and not be valued? Mm. Such a that's tough, such a hard that's such a tough question. Oh my I gosh. mean, you, you, I mean, that's that, that's it. That's so you're, not, you're not going to be you're not going to be flying around on social media. You're not going to be your face isn't going to be on billboards. You're not going to be recognized anywhere. But on the flip side, if you know that you have an anointing and you know that you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're standing in obedience, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. You're right. But so, my fear is is when I mean, you see this even in youth ministry too. When oh, when yeah. you get to the point where you're like, oh, well, but I have to support my family. But we have, but, right. but the thing is, we ought That's not put people in that situation. Exactly. Right. We're exactly. putting you in a situation we where like you have, you have to choose this awful thing, and you're like, no, no, no. But like, yeah, like I think God's asking me to do this thing, and it's really hard, and I have to like, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why it's an impossible choice. That's why we have soggy boots. Because I don't feel like anyone should have to. Bring it back to soggy boots. I don't think anyone should have to make that choice. Right. You know. You're right. Like you're not going to pay for it. Okay, come on over. That's right. Come on over. We got dinner. I got a pot of gumbo, and I got a room for you. Yeah. Mm. My kids are crazy. My husband's an introvert, and I got three dogs and a bunch (laughs) of crazy animals. But come on over. So they're having to make a choice. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, you got options now, though. But I mean, really? Yeah. Like, no, but it's that's great. Like I. I yeah, you're, you're giving yeah. people an opportunity that they would otherwise just not even. Yeah, because I re- I remember I remember mm. feeling like this sucks. Like yeah. this sucks. I'm never gonna ever get to do what I love to do. What yeah. I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. I won't ever get to do it. Yeah. Which is like stupid of me because God can do whatever he wants, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like how little of me. Yeah. Um, and so I can't wait. I can't wait to see like what God does with the young church. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm super, super hopeful yeah. because I turned my uh, imp- Here's the deal. <laughs> Here's we'll the deal. On us. I don't, we don't need anyone to give us parameters for beauty because God's already done that. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about creating music, create music. You don't have to have this like pretty little box and like, it has to fit in like this and it has to fit in this. Like whatever you're creating, it's God is giving that to you, one, for a purpose, two, probably not for you, and three, for it to be used later on where you may or may not ever see the yeah. fruit of it. Yeah. So you have to sort of like come to terms with that as an artist mm-hmm. to be like, you know what? I may never, ever see the fruits of my labor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is it worth it? It ain't popping up on on Instagram, right? You know, so you know, we that's... may we may have like a handful of really 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 great artists yeah. with an impact that is going to change the world yeah. instead of five hundred, you know, guitar playing tambourine smacking musicians that aren't doing much. Yeah, I think honestly the Instagram thing is a distraction. Like mm-hmm. I, I when I over the last. 24 hours when I left my phone at work. By the way, you can find us at a soggy boots farm on Instagram. (laughs) Be ever new at Instagram.com. Hey, this, this is useless except for when you come to follow us. Yay. See you online. I love people on Facebook. Like Facebook's the worst. Follow me on, follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I mean, it's true though. Having no, but, Facebook, having like, yeah. yeah, yeah, having gone through the last like day of not having my phone and thinking about, I thought about all the things I could do if I weren't distracted with the like the technology. Yeah, and I had this vision of myself being so much more like focused because ultimately, oh, 
Okay. Yeah. Child. Okay. <laughs> um, I think you're right, Gunner. Got him. Oh, sweet okay. little baby. No, it's not that. It's, it's my nephew. Oh, okay. It's my nephew. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, there are there are babies in the house. He's fired. I'm just kidding. Podcast. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking about how, I if if you're if you truly have the long view, right, and you see what you're doing is like one day I'm going to die, and my my like life's work is what I'm focused on, and not like, well, when's the next photo I can post, and like how many likes did I get, and and mm-hmm. I, you know I don't think about that sort of stuff, but. I do engage in, in social media in a way that like short cycles my like mental and creative like efforts. And if the the length of that cycle were much longer, like at the scale of projects or at like mm. years or something, then I think I'd be better at what I do. Um, and I think we, we maybe all would if we were, you know, if we yeah. had, had a kind of a refresh rate that was significantly longer. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to like make it as good as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. I mean, it's mind. it's a difficult thing for me to think about that the work that you know I feel like you and I are doing in the podcast and that we do every day at work may not see fruits for like three generations. I mean, really, mm-hmm. because that's how long architecture takes mm. for great architecture to come about. I mean, it's generations. You may think yeah. of the cathedrals, and that's difficult. You know, th- to think that. You, you know, you're, you work every day and you work really hard and you give it so much and then you may not see the payoff, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, you do. You, you know, God, God provides and, and God is good. But yeah, you may not see it fully flourish yeah. until generations. From you now. just have to believe it. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's, you know, yeah. it's, you just have to believe it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we live in an era where it's, um, we're, we're kind of fortunate because, like we we'll work on drawings for maybe a year or two and construction will take another few years and we'll get to see things that are done and we'll move on. Right. But right. you know, in prior eras, architecturally at least, yeah. it would take, you know, generations would, would pass before you would see the building finished. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in a, in a way we're privileged, but we're still like, you know, but, whenever... if, you, but if you think, if we think uh, we zoom out a little bit, so yes, we see the building done, Mm-hmm. But the effects of that building on the community. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I no, mean, we, we totally don't. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. that building is going to echo for generations, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, hopefully in a good way. <laughs> I mean, yes. you, you do your best for to do things and, and make beautiful things. But, yeah, I mean, just the fruits of our labor, mm-hmm. may, we may not see. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, Rafa, but as I work on projects, like, I spend so long... Uh, like talking with building committees and like real small groups. There's like a small vision a group of people who have a vision for the parish yeah. and they're like, this is the thing we're going to do. And like three people know it. And it's kind of <laughs> fun to like, right. to know what like no one knows, but like you, the pastor, the president, the principal of the school and like the director of like capital campaigns or something. And yeah. you're like, this is what's going to be. And you're, and you're like your friends that go to church, don't even know. And you're like casting the vision for the next generation. Yeah. And you, you're doing all this conceptual work and then gradually more, more and more people come on the building committee mm-hmm. and they're picking art and like you're explaining what's happening and then gradually like, you know, a dozen people know, more and more people know and you've been in the know for like years, years and it's, yeah. it's kind of fun being in that point. Yeah. But there's a kind of like, I, I compare it to me reading Lord of the Rings and finishing it <laughs> where like there's a kind of sorrow at the end where I was like, there are no more books. It's not like Amazon's right. going to buy the rights to yeah. Tolkien's like soul and resurrect yeah. it and like yeah. have him write all this stuff like they're yeah. doing with all the movies. Yeah. Like it's going to be over. And when, when you create well, something in, yeah. in a parish and you have to give it over, mm-hmm. like you're, you've like birthed this child yeah. and it's, it's so like part of me mourns the loss of that no longer being part of my life. Like yes. every day you're not getting up mm-hmm. and like talking with consultants and meeting with a client mm-hmm. and like figuring out what's going to happen. It's theirs. Yeah. And they have to take it and run with it. And it's out of your hands, yeah. and they're going to use it not how you thought you were going to use it. They'll use it how I they know. think. Yeah. And it's not your... It's but really it's weird, though, because I, I, I think I subconsciously consider it mine. Yes. Like, I think it's my thing, and I'm, like, working on it. Yeah. And then as I see it, they're talking about how they're going to occupy the space, and yeah. they're buying furniture. And I'm like, don't buy that piece of furniture. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, they're doing all these things that really, like, they're clothing the baby in their own way. Yeah. And, right. like, once the baby's gone... You have to like kiss it and let it go because yeah. yeah. it's not yours, and that's right. that's the way like God has us do all these things. That's like, right. yeah, it's you not have to trust my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to trust God. Like, okay, yeah. same thing with your kids. Like, you have to trust that God is, you know, 
protecting and providing for your child for them to make the decisions that they're supposed to be making like later yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. When it's a very crazy feeling. I feel uh -huh. the same way with like musical like projects. Yeah. Once it's done, it's like, oh, it's yeah. like the most uncomfortable mm -hmm. feeling because you're, you're not pouring into it every single day. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you've, into it for however long and for you it's like it's so old like you've written yeah. it and then like it's it's kind of an old thing and someone's like i got this new thing like or they they mm -hmm. engage it for the first time and it's a little weird because yeah it's like it's like when i listen to someone's podcast and i hear i'll listen to like you know 30 episodes and like i know you like creepily well <laughs> and then they're like hi i'm whoever and i'm like yeah i know everything about you shoe size wife kids everything and like oh yeah tell me about your new thing and i'm like let's go deep real quick yeah, let's go deep real deep and they're yeah. like I don't know you. this is weird bye <laughs> it's 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 like it's funny cuz it's the same thing happens with the things you work on like as yeah. a creative like you like your life is just invested in this thing and then someone else takes it right and they totally do something different with it mm -hmm. But you have to think about, that's what, like, I love the sacraments because I have so many memories of, like, every single, like, like my, like my first communion and we, I had all my sacraments at the same church, mm -hmm. the, the cathedral in Tile. I thought you were going to say at the same time. I was like, <laughs> whoa, that was intense. Time. No. Um, but, I mean, I have images and, like, in my head of, like the architecture mm. and it's a good yes awesome yeah yeah Yay. and the, and those things like it sticks with you Absolutely. like i think as someone who is like not an architect yeah. i can say those things really stick with me you know so well done guys yeah. well done. <laughs> thank, thank you architecture <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. you guys are great oh yes yeah um, that's all I got. Did you hit all your questions up? I think so. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming out. Thanks for sharing your yeah. your story and of course. And thanks for your music. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. Music. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Keep going. Keep doing it. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing more about Soggy Boots. Um, Soggy Boots. Tell the people where they can. Get in contact with you and your farm. Your farm has a Twitter account. You should tweet like from the cow's perspective. Like. <laughs> from the dumb turkey you were describing. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Only one left. This place is kind of crazy. <laughs> my buddies didn't make it overnight. Yeah. Sincerely, the turkey. <laughs> Hashtag lone turkey. Um, yeah, you can find us at Danielle Noonan Music and Soggy Boots Farm on Instagram, Facebook. And not Twitter. There's really few. Not Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no Twitter, I'm sorry. Yeah, no Twitter. No, I don't. It's so much work. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming out. Yeah, this so is much. excellent. You're welcome. Thanks, guys.